the amount of things that could spring from this conversation is going to be huge. As a leader myself, I need to be initiating more of these conversations and more of these talks. I just want to see the ripple of the universe manifest itself through this connection. There's a reason why we were all four on here and had these conversations. And I just love to see what happens after every time. Conversations like this are inspiring and more need to happen. When I think about the future of humanity into the universe, I think the future is very, very bright when we have people of this caliber sitting down at the decision table. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome, and you know, did you just wake up or something, Brody? No, no, I've been up for a little bit. <laughs> I've showered, I'm good, I've watched the sunrise, it's a beautiful day. Oh, you were doing one of those moments. Okay. All right. <laughs> then you and Alyssa will be good mates. She's very good at spending time probably with sunrises and sunsets, doing meditation and all sorts of things. She's amazing that way. Rins is over in Auckland, so he's a Kiwi dude. So yeah, he's just over nice. the ditch a little. And Brody's kind of local. You're over what? The other side I'm of the I'm in Bondi Beach. I can see the beach right now from here. So You can. I can yeah. see the beach behind there when I oh, open nice. that up. <laughs> Great. And I just literally go the bottom of my street, jump into the water. So Beautiful. it's pretty nice. We were just talking, Alyssa's been on lockdown pretty much since it started. Wow. Uh-huh. That's yeah. Insane. Isn't How it? How are you feeling, Alyssa? I feel good. It hasn't really affected me at all. <laughs> it's just the state. The state's not in good shape. I mean, yeah. for the perspective and the human intelligence that we're talking about today, it is opening up a lot of people to that side of themselves. So for me, it's what I've been praying for, for New Mexico, New Mexico to kind of wake up to. So in my perspective, it's great. But yeah, I can definitely see a lot of tumbling for the better. Huge time. And then Rins have just gone into lockdown, right? Yeah, literally just yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. so we've been locked down. Okay. Well, you are not alone, either of you. You're here with us and anyone else that may join us from across the world. So welcome to the decision table. We are literally just going to have casual conversation, just like you would have if you were face-to-face with your mates. So... These are your new mates, and I think we're going to have a pretty exciting conversation today. So this month on the decision table, we are literally having, you know, conversations using the lens of the importance of what I believe is the muscle of human intelligence. And I asked a question into Facebook, and all of you guys answered a pretty interesting answer and we got into what I thought was a great conversation and one that I'm really excited about us having here on the decision table. So I'm going to pull up because I think even Brody, what you said, let me just pull it up to start us off with, I think would be a great question. Something about, where is it? Here we go. You said, yeah, here. I'm an explorer at heart and would want 
the unvarnished truth. Yeah. What do you mean by unvarnished truth? Yeah, really, really good question. So the construct that this answer was in, we were discussing the matrix. (laughs) And we were talking about the being in like creating prisons, prisons of our mind, prisons in society in terms of like messaging and also around, yeah, like what are these constructs that we live in every single day? And I, like I said, I firmly believe that we are living in the matrix. And I literally meant like the movie. Like I believe that there is some big grand design behind everything here. There has to be. And I'm not particularly spiritual or woo-woo, but I believe in science and metaphysics. And there's just, there's something more. And you posed the question, you said, well, like, would you prefer to live in this reality that we have right now or like, or something more? And I was like, well, for me, like, I want to know everything. I want to get that information. I want to explore. And if I'm being robbed of something right now and this experience, this beautiful experience as it is, I would prefer to have all of the information and to have to deal with that and have a true experience of life, reality, existence than one that is constructed. And then the conversation went even further, though, because I was talking about <laughs> like, High level, high level. And then we're, we're like, okay, we're, we're like, let's talk about it in terms of society and COVID and all that sort of stuff. And it just descended. And so I'm like really excited for this discussion today because I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it in terms of, I was listening to Tony Robbins recently and he said, if you had have asked me 12 months ago that we would have been able to get populate like, like 7 billion people in the world to comply when we said you, you have to stay at home. He would have said, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that we would do that. And yet here we all are. So it's very, very interesting. So, yeah, that's my take. <laughs> okay. So let's just even start with a little pocket of what you just said. And that is, mm. you know, like Tony said, if we had asked this, what, a year ago, would everyone have done it? Why has everyone done it? And wh- where do you think we've shifted or what's happening in that way? Oh, I think it's fear. Like baseline, baseline, like we were motivated by like a very, uh, from a human instinct point of view, fight or flight or freeze, right? And so we are, I guess, freezing as a humanity, as a species right now. That's the only solution here is to freeze in place. And I think we've done a really, really good job at whipping up the collective fear of humanity. And I'm not discounting COVID. I think it's a real deal and I think it's serious. And I think that it's absolutely right that we've been placed into these lockdowns and mm-hmm. we've got a couple of either in them right now. But the state of mind that we've been collectively kind of lulled into is very interesting. And the fact that yeah. we've also not blindly accepted because I've been like, I've paid attention to it and I've, I've followed the guidelines and all of that sort of stuff. But I just, as a species, yeah, it's very interesting that we were just so willing to listen and whatnot. And there's been a few pockets of people that weren't and, and so be it. But yeah, I just, I'm always curious. It's like, what point did we get to in humanity that where we collectively decided yeah. that we're okay with this sort of thing happening in the world? And it's very, it's an interesting inquiry. I don't know the answers. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. And by the way, I need to say at on the decision table, there is no judgment. So there's no right or wrong. It's yeah. whatever you're thinking, whatever you're, like, this is what it's about. We've got to have this raw conversation as an open group. And in fact, probably there's going to be things that we don't agree on in at this table but so it's less about right and wrong and more about if we are to be curious about a conversation and think about how we think about that what would we be thinking and and saying and doing and i guess that's part of this whole muscle of human intelligence if we had actually so for me human intelligence is this data that we have as a human and then what are we doing with that data and how we're doing it so this whole 
conversation around, you know, are we just, how did we get to this point? You know, I'd love to know what you think, Renz. How do you think we've got to this point? Or do you even think we've got to this point? Which point are you talking about specifically? Well, I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was thinking, hey, like, this conversation is going to go. Anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. (laughs) So in January, I was pretty much on holiday from like December to January. But in January, I experienced what you could call spiritual, metaphysical, like, divine experience like illogical to the you know like everything and what everyone says and it was sort of like a mystical experience and after that experience my viewpoint of reality shifted do you want me to go into the experience yeah see Brody says yes like with like healing (laughs) and energy workers and stuff like that this is an open table so just okay so I was spending time at a retreat center near Auckland, like out west. And I was sitting with a friend and suddenly I just got the intuition to start touching her in different parts of her body. And in that moment, something took over me and Rins, like the identity of Rins, the memories of Rins, the experiences Mm. of Rins, Rins as a construct disappeared. And energy, like literally, have you guys done breath work and you feel electricity and Mm -hmm. you feel, you've done that? So- I wasn't even like breathing properly and there was like electricity moving through my body that was like a hundred times more powerful than the energy you get in breath work. And so she was sitting down. She eventually started lying down and I was like, I don't know what I was doing, but energy was like flowing from here through my hands into Mm. her body. And at one point the energy got so intense and it could literally feel like electricity through my hands, through my whole body. And she started shaking. And at that point, like my 3D self, like kind of came back online and I was like, oh fuck, what's happening right now? But yeah, after that experience, it, it sort of died down maybe after like an hour or two and I got back to, you know, reality. But yeah, like after that experience, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like some shit like that when you like have an embodied experience, cause they talk about it in the books, you know, and in videos and stuff like that. But that was like a whole nother level of like, I don't know, a consciousness shift or a consciousness awakening. Cause in that space, like Rins was literally gone. Yeah. Like it was that, that space of no time, that space of no, like nothing, but it was just like energy flowing through me. And after that whole thing, she said like, she felt super, super, super aligned. Like her whole energy system had been, reconfigured it in some way so i don't know what i did but i asked my spiritual mentor and she's like oh yeah you did some soul to soul work and that's just the Mm. beginning and it's probably because you opened up to an opportunity to be willing to sort of experience whatever that may be or bring right i didn't like i didn't but i never planned to do that it kind of just like happened interesting so it just was like this thing that happened me and well, you did kind of because you went to a space where maybe that was a safe space or a space where was, things yeah, was, like that yeah. could happen, yeah. right? And I yeah. wonder if we're more intentional, what would happen if we were really wanting something to happen? I wonder if that would, and, and I wonder if we going back to you, Brody, I wonder if we've got to this point because we've stopped thinking, we've stopped being intentional, we've stopped 
you know, and so the world has gone, okay, everyone else is saying we have to do this. And by the way, I've had COVID. It sucks so bad. And I was one of those ones because I've got vulnerabilities in my immune system. I was five and a half weeks wondering if I was going to survive. So I'm a massive fan of people being really, really careful. But I wonder, and I truly do wonder if we have got to a point that we are just so easily being conditioned by our systems, conditioned by what everyone is saying in spaces that are of leadership, that are directing and taking. And I actually think that there's a lot of what is happening right now where humanity is not having a voice at the table. I think that they're taking it away. And, you know, I just think, Alyssa, I'd love to hear what you're thinking right now about where you're, you know, what point are we at? Because you've been in lockdown for a long time now. And I know that you're positive about it, but here's the thing. It's not just about you and the way that you feel, but it's also affecting so many people in where you're living right now. Yeah. So let's see where to start. I love how you brought up systems because you and I had a great conversation. This is something that I've always been, how do I say, more so essentially trying to transform. Because when I think about my positivity and the way I feel, I don't ever just talk about myself. I talk about the collective as a whole, because inevitably we are learning to be more kind and more positive. We're having to. Because everybody's having to ask help. Everybody's having to go out of their comfort zones and their norm to just experience stuff that other people have experienced before or have been experiencing. And so when I look at it on a very big perspective and when you mentioned who are in the roles of leadership, well, who are? And we do know, we do deep down know that there is some kind of hierarchy of elites that do run humanity, that do have Mm. this role. And I've been manifesting for years to be able to sit at that table with them. And now it's proof that we can do it online. So I know that me just talking about this out loud, they're going to find out or they already know about me. They already know about my role in consciousness of bringing that together. And now if we look at it from a bigger, bigger perspective, one thing that I always pondered was civilizations. How did they inevitably leave at the times that they did? They were here on Earth and then they were gone. Well, I do think that we have manifested through. And that's why there are different ethnicities on this Earth right now. That some of our ancestors were like, okay, you're the one that's got to go. You're the one that's got to go and bring one of, you're the warrior that has to come and bring the unity to the civilizations that did rain and they did leave and then they kind of thought about it when they were in the spirit world and were like well i think we could probably live on earth you know through the next generations and get together and just have a good time on earth because why is it that we all seek this love why is it that we all can give it why is it that deep down inside when you are within yourself and you are meditating or whatever it is It always goes back to the same thing that you are searching for that quote unquote happiness. So, you know, when you really just ponder all of that, it's just where does the system begin and end or does it, you know? And I just think that that's where that's at. (laughs) So (laughs) you guys want to elaborate? (laughs) Yeah. Who wants to bring that one on? Where does the system start and begin or continue or end or not? Anyone? 
Something when you were just speaking then, Alyssa, I'm thinking about, you know, two different energies kind of coming together. On one hand, we have humanity and fighting for this love and for survival. And on the other hand, we have the planet. And you were kind of talking and thinking about like COVID and whatnot. And what I'm thinking is that from a systems point of view is that we've shown as a humanity that this system is amazing and we're incredibly resourceful and we've been done incredible things with this planet and with our civilization. As you say, like it, people through, through generations have come through. And then on one level, I think that the planet is fighting back. We have done a terrible, terrible job with the system, the ecosystem that we live in. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done a, just a phenomenally, like just stupid, bad job at managing it, at living in as a cohort here and protecting it from all those the built up nature and these houses and all of that sort of stuff that we produce. And it's very, very interesting. In, in some ways, I think that COVID's just the planet fighting back. And it's like, it's a challenge to the system that we've created because it's upended absolutely everything that we know. And it's forcing us to have conversations about what we truly value. One of the things that I find really interesting about this entire thing is that this is the first time that I can remember in modern history where every single person on the planet is having the exact same experience of life in the system at the exact yeah. same time and level the playing field. So Alyssa, you talk about wanting to have a seat at the table. We all have a seat at the table now because yeah. we're, suddenly we're doing stuff like this and we're connecting with people that we would never get exposed to previously. And that's really, really beautiful. I think that really, really good things and collaborations are going to come of that. And it's forcing us to reckon with hard truths and we saw everything that was happening with Black Lives Matter last year in the US that maybe in the other construct we would not have been able to do. And so in many ways, there's so many beautiful things that have come out of all of this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, do you want to add anything to that? It's a dream come true. It really is. I know it's sad that things are crumbling and people are just realizing these truths and people mm -hmm. are going. But if you look at it from a bigger perspective, this is what is supposed to happen. If we do believe in the, you know, Earth has its, times and that you know some scientists say it's at the 26,500th year you know whatever things change things evolve well it is that time and we're feeling it and a lot of people are resisting and that's where that like conflicting energies come but once you just surrender to it you know you just kind of live with it and you understand it at a different level and what you were saying Brody is like we are all at that table it is time for us to know. I've remote viewed in on the CIA sometimes. And they, I feel like there's a feminine energy that lets me kind of, you know, view in on them and kind of hang out with them and connect to their energies because they know about energy. You know, they know about how it goes. Okay. So let's just think about this system. There's a big machine. Brody, you said there's this big machine that is controlling us. How did you, I, I want to uh, say it how you said There's a big machine, Matrix, controlling everything we experience. But I think we all create our own too. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that more. Firstly, um, what were you thinking when you said that? Yeah, so look, I believe that, I believe in the universe. I believe in the power of the universe. I've recently also written some healing work with a wonderful guy, Patrick, and I have this like, pivotal moment in my life at six years old where I believe that trauma began and that's kind of it and we actually went back and ended up 500 lifetimes ago when I was this galactic explorer <laughs> trying to save the universe and like mind-blowing stuff and I'm just like where the hell does this stuff come from it doesn't really matter how real it is it's the fact that there's an imprint there but what mm -hmm. that teaches me is that I, the fact that there's something and there's an energy there is that there's so much more than just this little speck of dust that we inhabit and there's so much more out there and like I, I'm thinking of like 
from a biblical sense, like intelligent design. I believe there is an intelligent design to the universe. I don't necessarily mm. believe that God mm. created it, but I believe that something has, there's got to be something bigger than just we're the only civilization on in the entire universe. I just don't buy that. And so I wonder what else is out there and what else, what other forces are playing in terms of creating this experience that we have of life. And I hope that we get to experience that in my lifetime and we get some clues and whatnot. But so that's like on the real kind of meta level. But then on an individual level is that we all create this experience that we have of life and that we perceive everything that happens around us and we internalize, we distort, we delete, we generalize and we make up our own experience. And so our internal world in many ways is a metaphor or the external either way is a metaphor for each other for what's going on in the world. And I just it's very interesting and I just I think every single person on this planet has a, the really unique ability to create a world of good and this is the mission that I'm on right now or a world of pain and we see that around the world with wars and etc and abuse and all of that sort of stuff so yeah that's where my mind is on this I'm like I don't have answers it's just a very interesting inqu- level of inquiry yeah totally Rins do you want to add something I want, I want to riff on something that Brody said like he was yeah because we're talking about systems right and I was thinking like so if the current system, let's just say it's broken in some way, right? What does the new system look like? What does it feel like? What is the new things or the new paradigm that is going to emerge from this? Because this, I know this is a start point. Like the whole COVID thing, yo, like that for consciousness, you know, that's a spark. So like the thing on my mind is like, if the system were to completely change so that there wasn't opposing forces, it was sort of, one force working together, what would that be like? Ooh, I want to elaborate on this too when you're done, Brody. <laughs> no, no, go. Alyssa, go. I just had a thought, but go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so see, I do believe and have been believing in that it will happen in a blink of an eye because you essentially come into that alignment and you exactly. surrender to it and it just like, end up in this that other paradigm that you're talking about Renz because if we think about it it is true that civilizations kind of left earth at the same time right the dinosaurs were here they left the Sumerians were here they left the Mayans were here they left and they left ruins and they blah blah right they're just they left somehow as a group they left or is it as a consciousness they left and they evolved you know so when you think about it like that I do believe that it's just going to happen because everyone's going to align with it. Because I think that a lot of us don't really understand what's on the underneath, you know, like what is it that you really want? Like we can all play in this matrix all we want, right? We can get on these calls. We can do these interviews. We can do the podcast we can try to force everybody to like see it. But really when we align with it and then the rest of humanity just aligns with it, when they just oh accept it it will just be that's just kind of what i think will happen <laughs> nice it sounds so good in theory <laughs> i'm like awesome like all these good positive things like let's just get the world to align with us i've said this a lot lately and i go wouldn't it be awesome yes everyone says and how the how do we do that because like seriously it's so good in theory, but the world in a lot of ways are actually widening that division rather than narrowing that gap. 
in a lot of ways. And we're becoming a lot of isolated Mm. islands where there are some amazing, like, I mean, here on the decision table, we are having phenomenal conversations with amazing leaders, but I can tell you, it's a lot of leaders doing a lot of things separately, not as a collective. And I think there's something, and that is something that I'm working on going, how can we bring, now that we've had these conversations, how do we bring that in as a more aligned collective? Because I think that that's an interesting concept and not so easily done. But Brody, go for it. Yeah, I know you've got something on your brain. I think what we're witnessing right now is the beginning of a revolution in the current systems that we have politically that exist in the world to try and move us forward are failing. And we're seeing that in terms of the division that you're seeing right now. Like what happened yeah. in the US with the riots and the insurrection was like a phenomenal reckoning with democracy. It was like we were shown its fault lines right up in our face. Definitely don't agree with what they did. I think that was it was it was crazy, but it's like you, it, it speaks to the point of what you're talking about is like where there's all these different people doing these different things that they truly believe in their heart of hearts that are true and real and that I need yeah. to do this. And how do we bring them down? Well, I think we actually mm. need to tear the systems down. I think we have Woo! to be a reconstruction. You heard it first model. here on the yeah. decision. <laughs> <laughs> and to my earlier point, COVID is a really great way of kind of, it's exposed those fault lines mm. like and ripped it open really, really raw in a way that I haven't seen recently where we're really starting to see the cracks in the system that we have. Just on this point, Alyssa, you were talking a little bit before, a little bit about around how it's going to happen in the blink of an eye. I think that these things happen in the blink of an eye every single day. So there's two things I kind of want to weave in here. One is I was raised Buddhist. I ordained when I was 10 years old in Burma. And the Buddha teaches that life is suffering. And I had a really messed up kind of interpretation of that when I was younger because I heard it a lot from my parents. But basically what he says is in any moment of time, you are usually longing for something. You're longing for the moment to continue if you're experiencing joy or if you are suffering, you're longing for the moment to stop. And he said that in itself, that longing is suffering. And so when I think about mind moments, like every single day we have an experience of a mind moment, it rises and falls. Uh, Alyssa, to your point about uh, the minds and all that sort of stuff, they were a mind moment in this larger system that we have. And we are just a mind moment in this much bigger system of kind of the universe. And so how do we make sure that that mind moment is one that is remarkable, that is meaningful, that is not wasted? And to your point, Kiri Marie, the the question has to become is not like we've, we've grown up in this individual society where we've prioritized the worth of the individual over the worth of the collective. Yeah. And the work that I'm doing right now is trying to ensure that like as a collective humanity, we are raising up in terms of our experience of the world and that for those less fortunate, we're lifting them up as well. My goal is to help people impact other people's lives, doing that sort of stuff. And it's not about ego and all of that sort of thing. It's about genuinely living in the service of others. I think that's when things shift. We've prioritized personal wealth over collective wealth and I just that's what needs to shift for this to work. Mm. Yeah, so you'd rip down the isolated island kind of the individual to help collect, you know, make that as a collective. Here's the interesting thing. You're doing what I'm doing too, but there's our world (laughs) isolated in that way, right? Like in that way, we haven't collaborated in that way. We haven't come together. So why is that? So again, it sounds so good in theory, and I'm not trying to be the downer on this, but this is reality right, is that there are amazing humans, 
doing some amazing work across the world. I've seen them. I know them. They're amazing. And at the moment, what I'm trying to do is now go, okay, what is it that we need to do? So if it is to break down that, how do we do that as a collective? And then now joining, you know, over the next little while, I'm going to be inviting actually you guys to come to something that is a whole lot of leaders who are amazing humans to come and go, what are we going to commit to as a collective? So it's one way I know that I'm going to be shifting it from this problem to the solution. So let's just think about this. It sounds so good in theory. How do we shift this? How do we go from individual to collective? How do we change something so ingrained in our own personal DNA, let alone as a collective across the globe? Come on, let's have this real talk about this now. Alyssa, you're busting. I can see it. Go, girl. Okay. So I know that we have taught, I'm a very good observer, I feel, and I've heard U.S. a lot, right? Well, yeah. I live in the U.S., okay? You and Carrie Car- Marie and I <laughs> had this conversation where I believe that there is something to be said about the U.S. Why is everything the center of the U.S.? Like, why, <laughs> this is, gonna be why is the economy? This is gonna be why do people want to be here? Why do they, like, you know, and I'm just like, there's always something about the U.S., you know, and you guys know about our president and our stuff that's going on. And I'm just like, I haven't noticed about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> So when you were talking about that, Carrie Marie, I just thought, you know, yeah, how are we going to do that in this reality? Well, I do think it comes with, I asked this question one time. I said, I, when I entered the entrepreneur world, all I experienced was like individuality. People wanted to do their own thing. Everybody was trying to impact others. There were so many things that were just so alike that I was like, oh, I thought an entrepreneur was someone that brought something to earth that was like totally unheard of. Like, I thought, like, that's what an entrepreneur did. They were just so unique that, like, you couldn't believe that that thing came to earth from that human being, you know? And so then I thought about it in another perspective. Well, what if every single human being brought something to this earth? Now, how do you put that as a collective? Now, how do you ingrain that collectively? If every single human being is unique and can bring something, whether it's tangible, a thought, a theory, an idea, it doesn't matter. It's still unique and it's still important for that pool of consciousness, right? Or that pool of product or whatever level you want to take it on. It's still unique and it's still one to that oneness, you know? And so when I think about like, a lot of people talking about U.S. and why it's it that it everything is so wrapped around the system of the U.S., you know, and that's where I like where I realized my power. That's where I realized what did I come to Earth for? Well, I really, truly believe that I came to Earth to break that system, to be like, I love you, U.S., but I don't like what's going on. And I know that we probably have a lot to say in all the other countries and like, You know, can we just all get together and just have a talk about how the way Earth is going to run? Because just like Facebook, just like Amazon, they all have just like we convinced everyone about COVID. We can convince everyone about consciousness and oneness. It is possible. It's a matter of a do you want to? Yeah. Do you really want to help humanity Mm -hmm. move forward? 
That's fine. That is juicy. <laughs> We're all stumped. Alyssa, there's just like something I want to build on this. The reason why I think the US, it's so US centric is because the US has been the champion of this individual, right? Of this, like you are unique and you are special, as you're saying. And I believe that to an extent, but <laughs> if you look at our DNA, like how unique really are we? And that's, yeah. I think that's the conversation we need to have. Yes, we have this own consciousness and we have our own agency and all of that sort of stuff, but really we are all one and the same. And this is why things like racism and all that sort of stuff astounds me, astounds me because we are just one species living on this like little speck of dust in nothingness and we still manage to cause up so much animosity amongst ourselves and whatnot. And so I love the inquiry around like, why is everything so US centric? It, it needs to be, I would say, probably universal centric, not just this planet. That's yeah. Okay. I can't be quiet any longer. Okay. So two things. Two things. <laughs> <laughs> two things. One, I love what you're talking about, about this you know, there is massive racial tension and the fact that we are, need to be who we are and what that looks like. I always go back to this, and I've said this before, and Alyssa, you know this from our conversation, that I believe that humanity needs to be number one at the table. In other words, we come as a human first, but we bring our distinctions. So I agree with a piece of that, Brody. That, yes, we're the same, that we come from the human race. I disagree on the fact that we come as individuals because we do, we actually do come as individuals. We come with our distinctions to the table. As I have traveled the world, boy, have I learned the difference between when you're brought up in an environment that has been war-torn versus an environment that has not the access to all the things that we have versus a very privileged, as in you've got every access to everything kind of environment, that it changes people and the way that you think and what comes out of you. So as individuals, we are so different and I love that and we should not, we need to embrace our differences. But here's the thing. Number one, we need to go back to what if we came and put humanity as stakeholders at the decision table and we start seeing each other as humans first, what would that change? How would that change what the system's doing and what would we need to break down for that to actually be a reality? Because when we come as humans, now we have the same playing field. Because as a human race, do we add value to humans? Do we take away from humanity? Right? And so all of a sudden, the conversation starts going, okay, now we're on the same page because we are all humans. I'm human. Are you human? Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like all of us classify as a human in what we call the human race. Why are we not going back to that? Well, I think I, <laughs> I got to respond. You go, Alyssa, I go. <laughs> well, see, I love what Brody was saying about the individualism, right? Well, see, this is why I always bring it back to civilization. Mm-hmm. If we think about it, like, did the Mayans actually know they were individual? I don't think that all these civilizations really operated as individuals. That's why they were so powerful, because they operated collectively. 
And it just seems like right now the humans are so individual. So like I'm unique and stuff like that. And I, what, I, that's why I was saying earlier that I really believe that we are of all those civilizations as evolved. And now we have realized like over time, how individual like oneness we are. And that is why we are having this resistance to actually stepping into that unity that probably all of our ancestors craved so much was just that love. Why is love the most powerful force on this universe? Why is it that it is healing? You know, when you really, and you can break down love however you want it, but it is a force. Whatever we break it down as, it doesn't matter. It's a force. It can heal. It can move things. You can use sound to move things, but you got to believe, right? You got to believe in that love. So maybe it's belief, but I do believe that, you know, we are of these civilizations. And when these civilizations did reign at the times, they didn't know different. And we just happened to know different. So why were we given that? Why were we given those ideologies to be unique and be individual, but be collective? You know, why do we have that little conundrum? We're all one, but we're all unique. You know, like, why? <laughs> so, I feel like yeah, we need to unite, like, <laughs> unite to a common intention. Because like, like what Kira was saying, like every leader, everyone has something different to offer. But yeah. how is it that those civilizations were somehow all working together? It must have been because they were connected to something yeah. common. Oh, bigger than themselves? Mm. Yeah. What is it though? Like what is it that we need to unite that to? Force, right? To Some that. kind of force. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I think there's a really, really good example of this. It's just over the last 12 months, how quickly we've seen humanity unite around this concept of survival in, in relationship to COVID and how quickly we've gotten a vaccine into our hands. It's never been done before. It shows me the power of us collectively as if we yes. channel our energies towards one thing. Kira Marie, to your point, right? Mm. When we have this conversation at the table, when everyone's actually sitting down and having these things, <laughs> we can move mountains. We've put people in space. I'm going. I bought yeah. a ticket because it's so fascinating to do that sort of thing. But the will just isn't there. And the will, yeah. I don't think if you, like Kira Mary, to your point, you were talking about how, you know, like, like getting everyone together and like looking at humanity first. I think that's what people are actually trying to do in their own way. But it yeah. gets messed up because of this thing that Alyssa's talking about is love, is that we all love something. We all yearn for something. And so when we're, we're coming in, we have all of these different ideas and whatnot around what would make us feel more in love, feel loved, et cetera, feel accepted as a human being in this planet. And so that's where the kind of the friction lies is because everyone's got different ideas around what it means to be human. Mm. So I love what you're talking about, Kira Marie, but I just don't know how it's going to work. And that's the, that's the million well, dollars. Well, I'm not giving <laughs> up. I am not giving no, up because here's the thing, Me how it works. <laughs> exactly. But here's how it works. I do believe there is a way it works. It's when each one of us own what we're going to do to start shifting this forward. That's how it works. And it takes you and all of us on this table to join together and go, what are we willing? So now Mm -hmm. I know what I'm willing to do, but what are we willing to do as a community? And then... Another group of people coming together, which is what I'm about to immerse on bringing people together in this way. And how can we across the globe start looking at, you talked about a cause, looking at something that is bigger than ourselves that we will own 
together as a collective to start yeah. shifting. You see, when we start doing that, it's that whole domino effect. It only takes one domino to start, you know, we talked about tearing down the system. Well, the way we do that is when there's a collective of people who start believing strong enough together that together this is so important and we will not give up unless we see change. And that's that side where you talked about, Brody, about this whole revolution, right? Like this is what we're talking about. So if we're going to pull things, something down, we have to damn start building something real good. What does that need to look like? Well, I got to bring some humor and some playfulness to this, okay? (laughs) Because it is time. It is time. So I really... This is something I've always laughed at and I love it because you're right. COVID has hit the world, right? We just, we know this on a, it's inevitable. The whole planet's experience it. All the countries are doing the mask thing. I just wonder how did you convince like the governments of China and the governments of like Japan and like who did that? So that's how I know that there is a bigger panel that a lot of us can't really imagine that has the room to lead humanity. And that's the table that I'm talking about sitting at. How do you get every single country when we've all been at war with each other, but now Saudi Arabia, everybody's just going to be like, yeah, we're going to do some masks and we're going to create a vaccine. Like what? To me, that just like, it doesn't make sense. friends and singing Kumbaya now. I know it's pretty (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I'm like, well, if you can get a whole world to just wear a mask and believe in this COVID thing and believe in this vaccine, well, what table are you sitting at? And what kind of leadership do you have? And why aren't you using that at its best? Yeah. For that evolution. I feel like those people have power because the people aren't in their power, you know? Oh. If. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie. I mean, I'm pretty powerful. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. So here's the thing, I get to be at some of these amazing tables. I have, and I'm really, really grateful and I'm really thankful with former presidents. I mean, I can tell you story after story of how, you know, I had a man crush on, and I can't even think what his name is right now, and I'm so sorry, but he was the former president of Colombia. He won the Nobel Prize, Santos, President Santos, amazing human being, amazing. And I'll never forget because he was talking about how the FARC army would never, you know, come on the same page and with the rest of Colombia trying to bring peace to Colombia. And I was like, okay, I wonder what I would think if I was in that moment, you know, how would we bring humanity back into it? And he just blew me away. He goes, you know what we did? He goes, I talked to the FARC army. We couldn't get any understanding. We couldn't bring any peace that way. I talked to the families. I talked to of the FARC army. I talked to other leaders of different segments across Colombia. Couldn't get peace. He goes, I went back, but the majority were that the FARC army were causing the problems across Colombia at that point. And so he said, ah, I've got it. And he went back and he talked to the family and he talked to the families and said to them, hey, can you write a note to your loved one in the FARC army and maybe give something that might be a necklace, it might be a bracelet, it might be something that means something to them that we can stick into 
so this glass bubble, right? And so they stuck in a glass bubble with a light on. And at Christmas time, they sent it down the river that the Fark Army actually rule and every single member of it got this thing from their loved one. And inside was basically a message saying, I know that you disagree with what is happening, but we miss you, we love you, and we want you to come home and bring peace. Do you know that's how it stopped? Mm. That's how it stopped. What if we were to come up with innovative ways that brought us back to humanity, back to us going, what is important? We may disagree about everything else. There's some freakish things that you guys are into at this table. I'm a faith-walking <laughs> girl. I love my God. He has. I've seen things that have just made it so certain that there is a God out there. I'm okay that I don't have the same beliefs as you guys. You know what I mean? Like I'm real good with that. <laughs> but we have to get to a point that we are okay with that. But what is important for us to then shift it from this whole conversation of, well, actually, I really care about humanity. Family is really important. Let's get back to what really counts. How do we do that? What would that take? And, you know, I think that could shift it. That sounds like a collective, like, value system shift. Mm, maybe that's what it is, right? Have we lost our values? Are we putting other things as priorities that maybe are not priorities? You know, we, you know, I know you, Brody, in the business world, and, you know, there's a lot of people. I'm the same. I love building economic growth. We know when we have economic growth that we can even impact even more. So I'm not either one or the other. But I think that there's often people who are going, we should be all about impact. Well, every time you buy something, every time you make a decision at the table has an impact. I think we're separating so much of what we're about right now that we're forgetting that we are whole people, whether it's our belief system, whether it's the way that we make money, whether it's the values that we have, the impact that we're wanting to bring as a person. Why are we separating that? Why has the world, like, why have we got to a point that we're letting the systems direct our decisions that really maybe comes back to our values? Maybe it comes back to our beliefs of where we think we should be going or what that should look like. And as a collective, maybe there's others that want to be doing that too, but they're not. And if we join forces, we actually could shift that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We're not like really taught that though, eh? Like, in, really? Like, no. We're not taught to unite. We're not taught to come together. No, we're not, we're not. The, the belief systems, the thought processes, the how to's of uniting. We we're taught to be robots. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Brody, your head. Oh, <laughs> One of the challenges that I have with this whole line of inquiries, I think that we're in, we're in a little bit of an ivory tower in that we have this amazing privilege and that we can have this conversation. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, like we talk about impact a lot and it's like the thrust of what we do in business. And I think the reason why I want to make sure that, you know, studies have shown the best way to make poor people not poor is, heaven forbid, just give them cash. Just give them cash and they're not poor. So Which I believe- so wrong. Well, well- It's not. 
it's do you know what it is it's like yeah. find the female in there yeah, then help yeah. her yeah. empower her yeah. to be able to be an entrepreneur or be right. able to yeah. create finances so right. hand over cash isn't right. the answer no no yes. so I, don't, I didn't mean like that but like giving them cash and oh, just them making sure Brody. Just yeah, making yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with this like so i think about you know, the millions of people that live below the poverty line right now that are only thinking about where their next meal is coming from. How do we have this conversation that you're talking about with those people around values and whatnot when they're just thinking, I just want to get, like, of course they want to have those conversations, but they're my, well, I imagine, I'm, I'm blessed that I've never been in that position. I imagine that, like, they have hopes, dreams, aspirations, yeah. all of that sort just of like stuff. Us. Just like us, but I, I have a feeling that they're not like we, that level of consciousness that I'm probably not able to tap into it in the level that we are because they're just thinking about where am I going to get food, okay. shelter, those sorts of yep. things. And so, and I hear you. Like, I hear you on yeah. this. And I'm going to interrupt because I know we've got limited time. So I'm just going to yeah, come no, in perfect. here because I get to work with a lot on the front line of humanity. One of my clients who's been my clients for years lives in Zimbabwe, lives right where they don't know where they're getting their next food from. They don't know. Like I, I'm literally a part of that. But I have to tell you that if we focus in on the fact of that, that would mm. never have changed anything. So we focus in on how can you use what you've got there? What can you build there? Who yes. do you need to connect with yes. there? Yes. Same kind of conversations. I don't think, and this goes back to the whole conversation of whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's you've got lots of money or no money, there has to come back to humanity. What do we need as humans? We need to make sure we've got finances. Sure. We need to make sure that we've got a place that our kids can grow up in and that they are going to be getting what they need so they can, you know, be the next generation of leaders, whatever it is. You know, these are absolute needs that need to be at the table. And we need to be making sure that we're having those conversations and anyone, whether you're at that level, whether you're at the top, and I can talk, I've been at both levels. I know what it's like not to know where my next meal is coming from. I really, truly do. And I don't say that lightly. I know what it's like when you go, I am not even sure how to make tomorrow happen, you know, mental health wise, like because life's out felt so tough. I didn't know what to bring tomorrow. But I have to say, whether I was at that point, whether I'm at this point, the values never changed. They didn't. In fact, they've just grown stronger now. The basic needs of, you know, how do I think, what do I do with what I've got in my hand haven't changed. That's true. I just think the responsibility when you live in a privilege, and I'm going to let you talk in a minute, Alyssa, <laughs> that when you've got a responsibility because you've got more in your hand, then I just think that that responsibility becomes greater. That's mm. all. Yeah, agreed. Alyssa? Yeah, so I think that maybe even that could be conditioned, right? That humans yeah. need finances and humans yeah. need this and that and all that stuff. But if all that were to be taken, if our buildings and our finances and everything were to be taken, we'd be out building by trees. We'd figure mm. it out. We would literally live off of earth. We would know that earth provides literally everything, even that yeah. money and those finances that we're talking about. Yeah. So that could be a conditioning too, you know, to say that those are basic needs exactly. when really, yeah. I think just enjoying earth and each other is probably yeah. the, ba <laughs> the most basic need that we could probably get down to. And mm. I do think that maybe our ancestors from civilizations 
probably wanted to enjoy Earth more, but they were the ones trying to figure out what is Earth? Why yeah. are we here? What? I bet you they weren't thinking about where's the latest gadget and <laughs> yes. the fastest Wi-Fi and or what crypto can I invest in? You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. I do believe that these are conditioned because no, our basic needs are instinctual. We would figure it out and we would probably do it a lot better than what we have now, industrial wise and tech wise. It would be so much powerful because how come people don't have pyramids that connect to the forces of the universe in their backyard? <laughs> when I am at that point, I will build my own pyramids because I do know there is a force that I can connect to outside of this universe. And I love that Brody talked about that. There is bigger. Yeah. Why did our ancestors spend time trying to connect to the stars? Why? Because they knew it was powerful. They just mm -hmm. didn't know how to make it work with Earth. But we're evolved and we're a lot smarter. And we got to get rid of those conditions that, oh, we need finances to survive. And these are basic needs and all this is going. No, build you a pyramid and get freaking connected. <laughs> <laughs> That's hashtag, just how I see it. <laughs> hashtag build a pyramid. <laughs> okay, Rins, Rins. I have to ask this question. I ask it every time when we are finishing up. What have you got from this conversation today? What are you taking from this? I feel like what I'm taking from this is like these conversations need to happen more because okay. like when we come onto a table and we put our gifts and our resources and our unique experiences and unique gifts and individuality, when we put that on the same table, magic can happen. And like, you don't, you know, like the amount of things that could spring from this conversation, which I feel it will, is going to be huge. So I feel like as a leader myself, I need to be initiating more of these conversations and more of these talks. I yeah. love that. Awesome. What about you, Alyssa? I just want to see the ripple of the universe manifest itself through this connection. That's it. There's a reason why we were all four on here and had these conversations. Yeah. And I just love to see what happens after every time. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that, that we created a magnificent ripple in this universe today. And I'm just so excited to see what's going to come out of that. I love that. That's so awesome. Brody? Yeah, last word for me. I just conversations like this inspire are inspiring and more need to happen. And I just think when I think about the future of humanity into the universe, I think the future is very, very bright when we have people of this caliber sitting down at the decision table and having a conversation that maybe isn't being have being had enough. It's happening, just not enough yet. And so mm. this is how it all starts and this is how the revolution begins. So bring it on. So how are you going to do that personally and what you do? Oh, because I think, I think it's easy. Here's yeah. the thing, yeah. everyone. I think yeah. it's easy for us to say yes. And I love what you said, Rins. Like I love the fact mm -hmm. that you said I need to have more of these conversations. That's us taking responsibility. It's us owning how we're going to be that ripple effect that you're wanting, Alyssa, right? is how are we going to do that? So that's why I bring it back to you, Brody. You know, how um, are you going to do this? Yeah, good question. I think more of these conversations, I think I have a platform. I have a beautiful platform yeah. with and clients with the work that we're doing. And I think that yeah. maybe bringing people like yourself in to help facilitate some of that conversation. Bring it on. Would be, <laughs> yeah. would be really good. And I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that the dialogue is where it begins and ends. And so yeah. we need to have more yeah. of the conversation. But I'm committed to that as well. I love that.
And that, my friends, is what this is about. Like, seriously, I am so grateful that you guys are here. I'm going to take from our conversation, I continuously, A, it's confirmation always that I'm heading in the right direction. I have to say every decision table has just been blowing me away this this year, like seriously. But it, there's also this sense of urgency, if not now, and if not me, then who and when, like, right? And I just, I am feeling that responsibility. And today, I loved our conversation. I love, I love our conversation because I realized that, you know, bringing humanity back at the table, there's something about values. And I want to pull that sure. apart a bit more and figure out what, how we can connect values into the work as we go by, because I think that that is helping to build the muscle of human intelligence, which is us thinking, using the data that we have. You guys have brought your data to the table and we've come as humans that have gone, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's figure out how we can be more effective in what we're doing as individuals, but as a collective. And so for me, I'm truly grateful for every single one of you. Rins, it's been so nice to get to know you. Thank you for being an Auckland bro. It is so good <laughs> to have you at the table, to hear what you've brought to the table, your thinking. I think, you know, there's so much learning that you're going to continue to do as you continue this journey. Keep being open to those opportunities to find out how you can add your value more. Alyssa, always good to have you, girl, at the table. Thank you for adding your, I love the just like those little pockets of droplets of wisdom that you bring into the table from your young, beautiful heart that you have. I love it. I love the bigger thinking that you bring to the table on that. And Brody, dude, always love having you in our world. And, you know, I love watching you as you unfold your ownership of the platform that you have. I think that it's easy to talk about how we bring money and impact, but truly as a leader, you have a platform and when you use that platform to bring the bigger change and part of that is us stepping up to a level, but then using it to help others to step up and go, hey, if there is a system that we need to tear down, let's build this revolution of what that change can be together. So thank you, every single one of you. Gary, for being here. Thanks so much, Gary Marine.